smartcast.com This is the morning brief from the Economic Times produced in collaboration with avas.com Reliance Retail wants to take a shot at it so do the Tatas then why should Amazon be left behind or private equity money bags for that matter after e-commerce groceries it's the turn of pharmacy retail both online and offline to be at the center stage consolidation fundraising covid has further brought the focus on the importance of convenience and costs but regulatory gray zones remain merry christmas everyone this is arijit barman from the economic times and you're listening to the morning brief To understand this evolving landscape for this podcast I've invited Navroz Mahudawala founder and managing director Candle Partners an investment bank and my colleague from Bangalore Alnoor Peer Mohammed guys thank you very much for joining us Alnoor let me come to you first a lot of news flows in the recent weeks and I would say months rather both online and offline space is buzzing before we get into the nitigrities tell us a bit more on how you know the deals in this space are shaping up here yeah, it thanks for having me it's been an extremely eventful last few months in the e pharmacy sector uh, we've seen some deals which have already been done a few more are in the pipeline hopefully will be done soon um, so we had reliance retail buying 60% stake in uh, the parent company of netmed for 620 crores uh this happened in august and in quick succession we saw a bunch of other things starting to happen uh amazon launched uh or started piloting its uh, e-pharmacy business with cloudtail its biggest partner um we also recently sort of heard and and you'll see this on et uh that amazon has been in talks with apollo pharmacy it's the largest retail chain of pharmacies in the country and they they there could be a partnership there Tata is also in talks with one of the bigger players in this space which is 1MG and then the third and the fourth big players in this space uh Farmeasy and Medlife they have actually uh, entered into an agreement to merge the company this could potentially make them the largest player in this segment right now in terms of the GMV they will be driving also Warburg uh we reported is uh, all set to become a very large shareholder in Medplus which competes with Apollo so indeed uh, things are uh, buzzing in the space uh, Navroz i guess covid has changed all of us it's the new normal so to speak um, but in this particular segment how has the indian neighborhood chemist fed during covid did e pharmacies actually gain traction during pandemic just like the grocery segment or did the chemists gain what did the chemists also do uh, in terms of retaining their own share yeah so i have a slight different take as far as covid is concerned and actually we've been following it quite closely with some of the data which is emanating from the indian pharma industry uh contrary to grocery actually we believe that the indian chemist fared extremely well during covid so you know they managed to get their act going uh, you know they were doing home deliveries 
Uh, and the data that we at least seems to be coming to us suggests that actually the physical retail side here has done better than most other formats. And there's a very strong probability that actually e-pharmacy's market share may have just been flat or maybe marginally increasing COVID times. It's a lot got to do with the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, you, you within pharma, you have, you know, acute therapies and chronic therapies, right? Chronic is something where a lot of people have been buying from e-pharmacies. Acute is still which dominates the Indian market. And that is not, it's not something which is very easy for the e-pharmacies to tackle because of the fact that just that, you know, these are drugs which you generally want the same day. And thanks to that, you know, I think the logistics as far as most of the e-pharmacies is concerned, I think a lot of them didn't get their act right uh, compared to the grocery guys. I would think uh, like a big basket came out really smiling at the end of the day. I'm not sure about some of the e-pharmacies. Even though the government, both at the center and the states, made uh, medicine delivery uh, a part of the essential services list during lockdown. So I thought, uh, you know, logistics and all that would improve in you know, may not be in the first few weeks or months, but then thereafter, they would get their act together. You're right. I think what has clearly happened is that more people have used e-pharmacies, though there have been several bottlenecks, no question about it. Even today, if one tries to kind of order on some of these e-pharmacies, you'll actually find that out of the seven drugs that you are seeking, uh, typically you will not get three or four of them, right? Uh, and you don't want to replace a brand, so you kind of drop that order. So there's a huge opportunity cost which these guys are playing on, which actually, honestly, the neighborhood chemist is not suffering from because, you know, today, at least in a city like Bombay, you will typically, anybody will be able to walk five to seven minutes and, you know, go and get whatever you want, right? And generally, they are extremely, they have got their act going and, you know, they're saying that, you know, if you just, we will note it down and, you know, within two hours or within five hours, we'll again supply it to your home. Those guys have become extremely smart. So I, I, I would think, uh, as far as this sector is concerned, uh, it's a, it's still a open field in terms of physical retail. Okay, that's interesting. But so far, the e-pharmacies, no doubt that they are growing. Yes, they're growing. They're from a small base, uh, but they are definitely a force to reckon with. No doubt about that. But is it the discounts that's driving volumes? or its actual convenience? Well, I would think there's a claim there of convenience, right? At the end of the day, it's clearly discounts driving it because, I mean, whoever one ends up speaking with, uh, I guess the main element is that the chronic guy who ends up typically buying 4,000, 5,000 worth of goods and he is getting a 12-15% discount, right? For him, it's a big deal. I would think, uh, you know, it's not a big deal for a guy who's trying to you know, buy something worth 800 or 1,000 rupees. And for him, the ability to execute the order by walking across to a chemist is actually far easier than, you know, kind of trying to order it online. Is, which in many cases actually is not the case in a lot of other formats of uh, e-reader, right? I mean, today, I guess a, a big basket, you can easily trade on another grocery. You know, a brinjal can be substituted with something else. You can't substitute medicines that way. It's becoming trickier and trickier. And I think somewhere the logistics of e-pharmacies potentially have not delivered to the level at which people were expecting them to deliver. Alur, if discounts is what's driving the segment so far, and I see advertisements also uh, harping on this particular point, we've seen in other segments of online retail, that is 
uh, electronics, uh, grocery. Discounting leads to massive cash burn. And uh, the party is good if you're riding on or if you're spending somebody else's money. But then when the tap stops, suddenly uh, you are in the middle of a crisis. Certainly, Arjit. There, there definitely is cash being burnt in this segment. Uh, the investors are sort of looking at it. The investors and the companies are looking at it as they need to sort of grow right now rather than worry about, uh, you know, the ideal economics. And we've seen this play out in multiple sectors now. Uh, this is kind of the, the template that, uh, uh, you know, new age businesses are taking to sort of grow. They grow first and worry about economics second. But there are a few things which help these companies, uh, in especially in this sector. Um, if you look at the pharma, uh, the margins on pharmacy products, right? They're quite a bit higher than something like FMCG, um, uh, uh, which which the grocery delivery players have really struggled with, right? You need to build a quite a sizable basket in order to be able to subsidize the delivery cost for giving them free delivery and express dev- delivery and stuff like that. Uh, the same stands true for pharmacy when you look at uh, you know over-the-counter drugs which are quite quite cheap, uh, which where the margins are not very high. Uh, so that doesn't make sense, and that ties into what Navroz is sort of saying. On you know, an, uh, an acute scenario doesn't really work for the pharmacy players yet because you might just have a, a small order of two hundred or three hundred rupees, and that might not make uh, sense for these players to fulfill them. Yes, there is significant cash burn uh, right now. Most of that would be with customer acquisition. You know, trying to build out their logistics because they're still struggling with the the express delivery. Uh, that's a really expensive proposition, right? Uh, doing a next day or five day later delivery is is fine. It's far cheaper, but doing an express delivery is quite expensive. Uh, not to mention that definitely is discounting in this space, so that is also contributing to cash burn. But yeah, it the economics and owing to the margins that you can earn in pharma is a little better, but uh, but still none of them are making profits as such. Just to give you some statistics, uh, in a in a traditional chemist, uh, you know, margin profile, you typically have a pharmacy in India enjoying anywhere from sixteen to twenty two percent margin. But there is another back end margin of around eight to twelve percent, which lies with the distributor. Typically, if you manage to get into the shoes of the distributor and the chemist, there is a anywhere from twenty four to thirty five percent margin profile, which is available. And that's the key attraction for everybody. It's far fatter than most other retailers. Uh, and this margin profile in the longer run will come down. However, for you to control that supply chain correctly, uh, most players will need to have a backend distribution set up. And you know, that's, that's actually the beauty of a, a pharmacy model, right? I mean, they also have an ascent along with them, essentially a distributor. Right, so you, for all practical purpose, are controlling a fairly sizable margin in the trade, and that gives you the flexibility to go ahead and offer a large part of your discounts. Now, if if you don't have a backend, right, if you're not straddling the distributor shoes, then your margin profile is relatively lower. So the the reality today is that even the chemist has kind of smartened up, and he's he's also he's aware that his margin is under threat, and he's also passing on quite a bit of these margins to the the Indian consumer. Because the, unlike FMCG, the pharma distribution still, I guess, has a lot of inefficiencies built in. I guess it's also got to do with the uh, 
uh, unorganized nature of the retail trade in this segment. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I think that segment is also consolidating. So, I mean, just to give you, again, some numbers, India today has somewhere closer to 80,000 distributors. Wow. Yeah. And now that figure is like you will typically find even in a city like Bombay, uh, maybe there may be 5,000 or 8,000 distributors. So thanks to that, this trade is so fragmented that this itself will go through its share of consolidation and you will have you know, larger distributors coming up. Uh, we have a case here where the leader in India will be having a 2 or a 3% market share. Globally, this trade is consolidated. So, you know, USA has three distributors, which are 90% plus market share. China has three distributors, which are 45, 50% plus market share. India has maybe top three, maybe four or 5% market share. But Navroz, why then is this frenzy? I mean, are VCs or investors uh, getting excited a little too early. Uh, also, because just like gaming, I mean, I noticed, and we did an episode some weeks back, in e-pharmacies also, there are several gray areas, litigation. The very fact whether e-pharmacies can sell all medicines itself has been challenged. And I think uh, there is no clear policy uh, yet. Uh, it's still in the work. So, isn't it a very, very risky and delicate area to tread? Uh, yes, but let me again, I think I, I tell you where most financial investors are coming from. Uh, and it's they are actually willing to play a much longer term player. And thankfully, the end user sector here is very safe. So if you see the track record of the domestic Indian pharma industry, right? I mean, even in the worst of years, it has done an 8% growth. So there's huge scope in terms of price increases, there's huge scope in terms of uh, ability of the market to grow. And I think it's thanks to that factor that because the the larger market will continue to grow, even if finally the e-pharmacies are at, say, 10% of the overall market, it's still a large buy. AIOCD is a very strong industry body and they are fighting uh, tooth and nail. Uh, and, and if suddenly a, a judge somewhere says, you know, e-pharmacies can't uh, sell ABCD. I mean, we've seen telecom licenses also getting scrapped. Um, and, and then we saw what happened. So then there's so much of money which can potentially go down the tube. I guess the regulatory risk here, Rajit, is, is, is part of the risk that any investor will end up taking, right? I mean, even when you are investing in a sector like this, if you take a, I'm, I'm assuming you're doing an end user sector of manufacturing you take the regulatory risk of an FDA there, right? So it is an it is a endemic part of your, you know, overall investment thesis. You have to live with it. Alnur, uh, you talked about the entry of Amazon, their pilot, and now, you know, the discussions with Apollo. Tata's, as you said, uh, are, are also, uh, you know, keen to enter. Reliance already have acquired uh, uh, NetMed. So do you expect the arrival of uh, these big boys with deep pockets to actually change the dynamics of, uh, you know, in the online pharmacy space significantly, both online and offline. And perhaps uh, that in turn could trigger more consolidation and uh, some kind of a shakeout as well. Arjit, you know, whichever sector we look at, uh, it's always Amazon is the one coming in and everyone else sort of pulls up <laughs> their boats, right? This time I'd argue it was Reliance which really pushed uh, a bunch of the consolidation. Yeah. While a lot of things were happening in parallel, uh, I think Reliance made the first move here. 
and uh, you know i was talking to someone and it's quite interesting to understand uh, why why someone like reliance and data might be entering this space right and why now um, if you if you look at most of the valuations of the companies they are not that bizarre right they, it's it's not like a it's not like a flipkart or a snap deal right now or snap deal back in its heyday uh, the valuations are quite uh, normal navroz you know the last question to you we talked about distributors the front end but with the entry of these bigger boys uh, in this retail space uh, do you expect the manufacturing profits or the pharma profits the margins to come under pressure or be squeezed or is it actually my view there would be that uh, you know we are still far away from that happening and let me explain why uh, the indian pharma is a very diversified business model i mean they will do domestic pharma and they will also do international business they will also do the active ingredients right uh, it's a mix of five to six business models into one right uh, if you look at on a standalone basis of course the most profitable business for them many a times tends to be domestic formulations uh, typically generating 20 to 25% ebitda margin yes they may come marginally under pressure but you know there are there are still several levers for them to kind of maintain it also uh, the fact is that i think the there is there is increasingly a lot of focus again on going more branding you know and you know incentivizing the supply chain etc so uh, honestly don't think it's going to come under dramatic pressure it may be a couple of percentages here and there but that also i would think it's still far away uh, we we will continue to see a lot of consumer benefits so a lot of content discounting happening but it's a it's a far out to i think currently assume that uh, any of these guys will have the muscle power to come up to a sun pharma and said give us something cheap so to sum up the situation COVID-19 pandemic has clearly shown the importance of technology and digital infrastructure for providing access to affordable and quality medicines and healthcare services to the consumers across the country. The parallel between online grocery and medicines is striking. 70 million households are expected to rely on e-pharmacies by 2025 from 3.5 million pre-COVID. Organized pharmacy retail those small currently of the overall pie will also only grow as distribution is also poised for disruption but the businesses need to stand up on their own feet scale will certainly help reduce cash burn but discounting cannot sustain in the long term neither can the regulatory uncertainty thank you navroz and alnor for taking time out i'm arjit parman and you've been listening to the morning brief this episode was edited by Devina Sengupta and coordinated by Shashwat Mohanty. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We look forward to your feedback. Write to us at the morning brief at timesgroup.com and if you like this episode, please share on your social media handles. We'll really appreciate it. The morning brief drops every Tuesday, Thursdays and Friday. Thank you for listening in and have a nice day. Goodbye and good luck. dot com